great to be in the house of the Lord. Oh, one of these days I might actually be organized and get started on time. But why break a tradition? <laughs> All right. Well, anybody celebrating a birthday from this past week? Oh, Kathy? Your birthday? Oh. All right. Wow, church gets rich. We, we got one up here too. Little guy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Amen. All right, how about anniversaries? Is anybody celebrating an anniversary from this past week? All right, no anniversaries. Okay. Well, by way of announcements, uh, we have our regular monthly business meeting is scheduled for tomorrow night at 6 o'clock uh, in the fellowship hall out here. So, uh all of the members of the church are invited, welcomed, and encouraged to attend. <laughs> we have uh, a new year. There may be a lot of things uh, for us to discuss and moving forward. There may be a few things, but regardless, if you want to have something to say, be there. Uh, so, uh, I want to share here this morning, Wayne wants to know... A zookeeper found his monkey reading two books, the Bible and Darwin's Origin of Species. In surprise, he asked the ape, why are you reading both of these books? The monkey replied, I'm trying to learn if, my brother's, if I'm my brother's keeper or my keeper's brother. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I think we're ready for our opening hymn, <clears throat> so I'll ask Brother Bob if he'll get up and lead us. It's number 59, Blessed Be the Name. Good morning. Beautiful day today. Sun is trying, trying awful hard to come out. And it doesn't matter whether it does or not because the sun, he is here this morning. Number 59, blessed be the name of the Lord. All praise to
Victor. Our Father in God, we come before you with humbled hearts. Lord, you are so awesome, so magnificent. You are God, and there is no other like you. You are almighty. You speak and it happens. We were created by you, for you, to worship you, to share with you, to receive from you. And so this morning we gather here and we ask that we do just that, that we come into your presence, that we focus on you, set everything else aside, focus on you. If there is something amiss in our life, point it out that we may repent of it, confess it, and get right with you, Lord. Help us to live in a way that pleases you and to live that way only, not pleasing ourselves, not pleasing others, but pleasing you. Move us in that direction, we ask in Jesus' name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Let's turn to number 64. For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies. Lord of all, to thee we raise this, our hymn of grateful praise.
Amen. Our communion hymn this morning is uh, number 239, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. John Klimek has our uh, meditation this morning. Good morning. So this week uh, I was reading in my uh, devotional Bible and on the side there it had a verse there, it's John 3.16. And, and I was like, well, that's not the John 3.16 I've heard it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now this was from the first book of uh, John, and it's 3.16. And it also talks, it says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And then also in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love 
does not know God, for God is love. Love is not a thing. It is not a concept that you can observe or exhaust or merely just feel. Love is more than that. Love is all-encompassing. It's transformational. It's powerful. Love is so much more than just an idea. Love is a person, and that person is God. God is love. As humans, we are capable of acting in a loving way, but only God is true love. Amen. There are all kinds of attributes given to God throughout the Bible. He is said to be gracious, merciful, righteous, and he is. Yet each of these are adjectives, descriptions of his character. Only love is given as a description of who God is, not simply what God is like. As the very essence and definition of love itself, anyone searching for true love need only look to Jesus, in whom we see love incarnate, love in flesh, love personified. Fully tangible, totally encompassing, and powerfully real love. Meditate today on this, God of love. Remember that he loved us first so that we may extend this love to those around us, loving them through his love for us. The God who was, is, and always will be love personified, who has come to dwell in me and you. Let us pray. God, thank you that you are love. Thank you that I am your child. Thank you that love comes from you. Help me reflect that love to those around us. Amen. 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 All right, let's take a, a, a moment just to reflect and to give thanks and praise to the Lord and also to evaluate, evaluate our lives. If there's anything that we need to settle with God, let's take this time to do it. the night of Jesus' suffering and trial, they met in the upper room, and as they were having their traditional Passover meal, Jesus made some changes towards the end. And it says he broke the bread, and he passed it. He said, this is my body. Take, eat, all of you. And likewise, after the bread, he took the wine and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. Drink of it, all of you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
for being the sacrifice that died in our place and paid the debt for our sins. Praise your name. Let's stand for the doxology. Next is our, uh, we have a hymn here that is, I love to tell a story, if you don't mind, uh, remain standing. It's number 322 in the book if anybody wants to uh, use their hymnal. Some of us don't see as well as others. <laughs>
me switch mics here. Now you can hear me maybe. Okay, let's, uh, let's go ahead and read the scripture. Uh, Mark 9 verses 14 through 32. Uh, I promise I'll read it quickly. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. O oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can come out only by prayer. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the word of God. Thus saith the word of God. Now, there's a lot going on in this passage, and we remember now that they just come back from the uh, Mount of Transfiguration where they saw others uh, appear uh, with Jesus, and they saw Jesus change, just transform into a, a holy light. And so they were on their way back, and as they come back, now, isn't that like the devil? You go up on a mountaintop, and he attacks he attacks somebody else in your family just to rob you of, of that mountaintop experience. I mean, you know, the devil's dirty. <laughs> he, 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 he's, he doesn't care about us whatsoever. Imagine that. Uh, so, yeah. And they come back and they find that they're arguing. The leaders, it says, of the church at that time, uh, the temple... They were arguing with his disciples. 
Now, we're not told the extent of what this argument is, but I assume that it has something to do with the fact that they were unable to cast this spirit out. Well, if you were really, <laughs> if, if you were really uh, of, of God, you could be able to do it. Well, I would have said, then you do it. <laughs> but we're not told if that happened or not. But then Jesus comes up and asks, what are you arguing about? What are you talking about? What's going on? And so then this father comes forward. Now, folks, all of you who are parents, you know if you have a child that is ill, you will do what? anything, anything you possibly can to help them to get well. You will, you will seek out a doctor, a specialist. You will seek for someone who is able to help your child to overcome their illness. And so this man has heard about Dr. Jesus, and he's looking for an answer. And he had also heard, apparently, that even his disciples are able to cast out devils and to heal people. So he come to them thinking, man, finally, finally, I can get my son healed. Finally, I can have him whole again. And can you imagine how that must have felt when they couldn't do it? It was just crushed. It was just crushed. Here they tried and failed. And he expected a miracle to happen. He was looking for a miracle. He was expecting the miracle to happen. It didn't happen, and he's crushed. But then comes Jesus. Jesus comes in, and after the father tells him, I ask your disciples, they could not do it. He realized it was a spirit that was doing it to his son. I don't know how he knew that, but it says... He asked them to cast out the spirit, to drive out the spirit. And they could not. This is Jesus' reply. Oh, unbelieving generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Now, I, my, my interpretation of how long shall I stay with you is this. Why can't you do it yourself? <laughs> I've given you everything you need. Why can't you do it yourself? You just don't have the faith. That's what he's saying. Of after I've taught you, after I've, I've demonstrated to you, after I empowered you, you still are failing. You're still not doing what I taught you to do. So they brought him to Jesus and here's an interesting thing. As soon as the spirit saw Jesus, it started acting up. It threw the boy in a convulsion, wallowing on the ground, foaming of the mouth. In other words, he was having a seizure. He was having a fit. And, you know, for those of you who have ever seen someone having a seizure, you know it's a frightening thing. You, you really, most of the time, you just don't know what to do. I mean, I, I used to work on an ambulance, and we would go a lot of times to, to uh, emergency runs, somebody having a seizure. What we used to do is we used to put a, a wooden or plastic bit in their mouth so that they wouldn't bite their tongues off. But they tell me now they don't do that anymore. They do things different, so I don't know. But the person's just rigid. 
you know, usually they can't talk, they can't do anything. And it's uh, until they get their medication in them or the seizure passes, um, there's just not much you can do. Keep them from hurting themselves. That's about it. But not so with Jesus. Not so with Jesus. So after the boy did all that, his, his, he asked the boy's father, how long has he been suffering like this? I mean, that's really what he's asking. How long has he been going through this? And he says, since childhood, since he was a baby. You know, we, we don't know why or how this happened to this young man. We, we know that there are evil spirits, and we know that they do things uh, to people when doors are open. Uh, and, and, and by that, I mean by some sin. It may not have been the child's sin. It may have been that his parents or, or grandparents or great-grandparents uh, had done something to dedicate their family to a false god or something like that and opened the doorway and allowed this to happen. There are multiple ways that spiritual warfare can happen. But we're not told that, and that's not really the point here. However, we need to be aware that this is a form of spiritual warfare. And so after Jesus uh, finds out that he's been this way since childhood, the father then goes on to say this. It throws him into the fire or water to kill him. What do demons do? They come to kill, steal, and destroy, trying to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. <laughs> Jesus immediately replies, if I can, if I can do something, everything is possible to those who believe. Amen. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Folks, I think many of us need to make that prayer. I think many of us need to cry out, God, I believe in healing, but help my unbelief. I believe you can, but I don't necessarily believe you will. I don't think I deserve it. I don't think I earned it. Don't have to. <laughs> That's the whole point. Don't have to earn it. Can't earn it. There's nothing we can do. It's just a matter of, of his love. He wants to. Now, that's not to say that every illness is of the devil and can all be healed in this way. Far from it. Sometimes he allows us to get sick for a reason, so we learn and grow. If you remember, Paul had a thorn in his side that was a messenger from Satan to keep him humble. So there are sicknesses that we're allowed to have for a reason. But there are some things we need to test the spirits, as the Bible says, and find out if it's something from the, the evil one or if it's just something that we're going to have to deal with. But after that prayer, Jesus saw that a crowd was coming. A crowd's running towards them. You know, <laughs> you think about today's uh, miracle workers, <laughs> They get a stage, and 
They, they bring thousands of people to watch. Jesus wanted to get rid of the crowds. He wanted to do it in private. Why? So he could deal with that individual. He wasn't trying to prove his power to the, to the millions. He was trying to help this one to learn to love him. Small, small gathering for Jesus was much better than trying to show off. That's really the, the bottom line, I think, is the difference. There's a difference between trying to give glory to God and trying to get glory for yourself. Many of these things that we see on TV are not real. Some are, but many are not. And so as these people started coming and <laughs> the boy was laying there convulsing and all of this is going on and so Jesus said, okay, enough's enough. And he spoke, you deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And it says immediately, the spirit shrieked, convulsed, and violently came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. So if, if you can imagine this in your mind, this boy's laying here, he's foaming of the mouth, he's walling around, he's rigid, He's having a seizure. And then all of a sudden, when Jesus comes closer, it gets worse. <laughs> He's shaking all over, and, and, and it's really bad. And Jesus commands the spirit. Now, you would think he would be commanding a spirit of convulsion <laughs> to come out of him, but he says deaf and mute. So apparently the boy had been impacted in many ways, multiple ways. Not only did he have these convulsions, but he was deaf and mute too. So he can't even express his pain. <laughs> Trapped in your own mind, that's, that, boy, that's bad. Now, they said that afterwards it looked like he was a corpse. Well, my, my take on that is, after going through all that, he's probably exhausted. You know, he's he just relaxing and trying to recover a little bit. And Jesus reached down, taking him by the hand, and he stands up. Folks, God can do anything. We need to remember that. And when we face some challenge, some trial, some mountain in our life, we need to remember that we serve a God that's bigger than that trial. He's bigger than that temptation. He's bigger than that mountain that we, we are facing, no matter whether it's marriage problems, uh, it, it, money problems, uh, whatever. You know, God is bigger. Our nation is going through some transitions in the wrong direction, in my way of thinking, from God anyway. But God is bigger. God is bigger than those leaders in the White House. God is bigger than, than those uh, education formats that are teaching lies. God is bigger. You know, there's been stories that I've read, studied, that some of the worst <laughs> imams from uh, different Muslim nations, some of the ones that were the most uh, uh, violent, they had visions or dreams 
and Jesus appeared to them and spoke to them, and now they have become ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is able, folks. God is able. It doesn't matter what we face. It doesn't matter how hard it seems. It doesn't even seem if it means if it seems impossible. All things are possible with God. If we cling to him, he will bring us through and we will get on the other side. And we will come out stronger in our faith than we started. Because we have learned a lesson. We have learned my God is able. My God is able to get me through this. My God, as long as I cling to him, as long as I trust him, he sees the end from the beginning. I don't know what's on the other side of this cloud. He does. He may even be the cloud. <laughs> we don't know. But what we do know is that we can depend on God and he will get us through. Amen. And then it goes on, and Jesus, for a second time, predicts his coming death, this time burial and resurrection. But they left the place where this happened and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. Now, we're given a very specific reason this time. Why? He didn't want a large crowd. He wants to sit down with his disciples. Is anybody in here a disciple of Jesus Christ? You know, he wants to sit down with you and teach you. He does. Every time you open the word of God, every time we pray, every time we sit down and study, he's right there sitting with us. His Holy Spirit, it says, will guide us into all truths. If we allow him, he will guide us into all truth. He sits down with you. He sits down with me. And he becomes our teacher. He don't want crowds to be around necessarily. He just wants us to grow so that we can be a vessel that he can use to go out and make more disciples. I don't know if you've ever uh, been in a situation where you're trying to witness to somebody and they have a buddy or two with them. And they're back here giggling and making rude comments and noises while you're trying to minister. It doesn't work. You have to get them off away from the devil and his influence. And I think that's really what Jesus is doing here. He wants to bring his disciples away from all the hecklers and all, all those who would cause problems and distract the, the disciples from being able to hear. And yet... He wants them to learn. Why? Because he tells them the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. Now, they didn't understand and were afraid to ask. But he's telling them, look, my time is short. I'm not going to be here with you much longer. You need to learn. You need to grow. You need to be able to cast out these demons without my help. You need to be able to do everything that I do. Now, later on, on the day of Pentecost, they received the Holy Spirit in full power. They were able then to do much more than they had been able to do before. But Jesus had allowed them to have the ability to do these things. 
But when they started challenging this, this uh, demonic spirit, this evil spirit, apparently something happened where the demon says, No, I'm not coming out. <laughs> Has anybody in here besides me ever spoken to a demon? It's not an exciting thing to do, I'll tell you. It's very frightening. But Jesus is bigger. Jesus is stronger. Jesus in us is greater than he that's in this world. You know, it says that these kind can come out only by prayer. Now, some versions say by prayer and fasting. So what Jesus was implying is the reason why you guys weren't able to do this because you haven't been living up in your prayer life the way you should. You haven't been walking in the faith the way you should. Prayer is an important part of our faith. And without prayer, according to this, we're weakened in the Spirit. Why? Because when we pray, we're talking to God. We're talking to the Spirit. And He's talking to us if we're listening. I don't know about you, but if you have a friend and you don't talk to him for a long time, <laughs> something happens to that friendship. You're just not as close. It's not as good as it used to be. Now, let's, let's say, let's even go one step further. Let's say husbands and wives, one of you gets mad at the other partner and decides you're not going to talk to them. You go six months, a year, two years, three years, and never talk. You know you're well on your way to a divorce. <laughs> it just doesn't work. And my point is this. If we really love the Lord the way we claim we do, why aren't we willing to sit down and talk to him and let him speak to us through his word? What kind of love is it when you never talk to the one you say you love or rarely talk to them? What kind of love is that? I think that most of us need to work on that type of growing in our relationship. I don't know. You may, be, uh, you may pray more than I do. You may read more than I do and study more than I do. That's irrelevant, really, if you're not doing it for the right reasons and in the, the, the love of God. Uh, so it's not just about knowing the scripture. It's about knowing Jesus personally. And you never get to know someone personally if you don't sit down with them and spend time with them. You know, I know who our president is, but I've never met him personally. I've never sat down with him and talked to him. I really don't know him. I know I don't agree with him on a lot of things, <laughs> but I still don't know him. So there's a difference between knowing about the Lord and knowing him. So my question this morning is, is where are we in that relationship? If we had someone who was a member of our family who was demon possessed or demon, demonized is a better word, would we be able to deal with that? 
would we even believe that there is such a thing? The Bible says there is. Think about it. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In Jesus' name. Brother Roth. If you have a decision to make this morning, whether it be to uh, accept Christ as your Savior or to uh, join with us in, uh, and make this your church home and become a part of this part of the family, now's the time to come. Number 381, there's room at the cross for you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Brother Mitch. All right. 
I think it's time for our prayer uh, prayer request, and we have we have one here, and we'll pray out. And don't forget, come back at five o'clock tonight. Sounds like an interesting class again. So yeah, Mary always gives us these teasers, you know, make you think. What? What? <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the privilege we've had to be here in your house this morning, for blessing us, for meeting with us, for coming and touching our hearts. Lord, help us to grow in our faith. Help us to have more trust in you and realize that you know everything. So since we can't see beyond where we are now and you already know, we need to trust you. We need to hold on to you. We need to ask you what direction to go, and we need to obey what you say. Help us to walk more with you, Lord. We need it now more than ever because America as a whole is turning their back on you. So as the darkness gets dark, let our lights shine brighter and brighter. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.